everybody. Welcome, good morning. Eddie Chavez Calderon here with Uri Lutzetic. Super happy to have Dr. Mira with us today, joining us. I'm gonna go ahead and introduce our great friend, Dr. Mira, who's uh, gonna be teaching today's class on social justice. What a great topic uh, for us today. Um, friends, Dr. Mira received her doctorate in sociology. There we go. Dr. Mira received her doctorate in sociology and in religion from Ecole de Hautes Etudes and the Science of Social and uh, her certificate of Jewish mindfulness teacher from the Institute of Jewish Spirituality. She learned Torah as an art fellow at Derisha Institute for Jewish Education in New York and Yesod and the European Fellow at Pardes Institute for Jewish Studies. We love Pardes. She currently lives in Yerushalayim with where she studies as a rabbinic fellow at the Beit Midrash Ha'el and is completing a yoga teacher training at Sira Yoga. We love yoga. She teaches Jewish texts and Jewish meditation at Pardes or Halev and Applied Jewish Spirituality, the Institute for Jewish, at the Institute of Jewish Spirituality, and has, uh, was in Moshe House of Europe and more. Uh, a regular contributor to the Jewish media Akadem, Tenuah, and Al-Eklariur. I'm sorry if I, I mispronounced uh, that. She chairs the clergy in the council at Roots, uh, an NGO promoting people to people peace building between Israelis and Palestinians and teachers, teaches spirituality and uh, Jew, uh, Jewish spirituality at various institutions internationally. Thank you so much, Dr. Mira, for joining us today. Thank you so much, Eddie, for having me. Thank you so much, Awilit Zedek, for having me. Thank you, friends, and welcome for you who are here live with us on Facebook and for you who are going to be watching this through the recording. And I just want to say I, I, I apologize. I'm realizing that uh, the uh, maybe the bio I sent was not updated. I, I, I did finish my rabbinic degree and my yoga teacher training also. So, um, so that's that. And um, I want to start with a song. I want to start with the song that you may be familiar with. And I want to start with a disclaimer, which is I'm not a musician. So this is not about music. This is about spirituality. And this is about Torah. And this is about insight. Um, so this is a song. I'm not going to tell you more. You will hear it. Maybe you will recognize the words and maybe even the source. And the source will look at it after. And it goes like this. Can you hear me well? Thank you. 
that you can sing with me and uh, even if you don't know it to just sing with me Friends, I'm, uh, I teach Torah from the place of a meditation teacher. So I want to invite you to do the way I love to start a session, a Torah learning session um, every time, is to start by pausing and by taking a breath. Just that, you know, we are all um, coming from a very busy day for me here in Israel. It's night, maybe for you from a busy morning, maybe you've rushed to be here. So this is an invitation for you to really kind of like come back to your center, come back to your heart, come back to your breath. So let's do that. Let's take a deep breath in together. French. So deep breath in. French standing. <laughs> and I want to invite you to mute yourself if you're not muted already. Yeah. Let's take a deep breath in. Beautiful breath out, which you can make loud if you want. You can make a sigh. Ah. <sighs> Whatever time it is for you in the day right now, this is a time for you to be fully here, fully present, and for us to reflect together on a, a topic that is actually very dear to me, and at the same time quite new, at least in this kind of framework. And I want to explain what I mean by this. You know, when I received the invitation, the kind invitation by of Shmuli, and by Jessica to teach for Ovid I was like, you know, sure, I had heard about them. And I love, you know, I really, really love the kind of um, intention that's there. The fact of saying, you know, we as Jews think we have a role to play in the world, for the world, and not just for the Jewish community. And we do this, you know, from a place for some of them, from the place of Orthodox Jews. And I thought it was really beautiful to invite people to think of how they can really help the world be at a, a better place for everyone as Jews and uh, including for non-Jews. This is how I understand Uredetzedek. So I said yes. And then I was like, shoot, how am I going to do this? What am I going to be talking about? You know, because I'm a Jewish meditation teacher, I'm a meditation teacher. Um, so it's interesting because I've always felt that the, uh, 
the way I contribute to social justice is from the opposite end of the same spectrum. And I explain what I mean. There are two ways of impacting the world. There is the micro and there is the mic and, and the macro, the macro and the micro. So the macro is like the kind of like large, um, large scale way of impacting the world. And that's basically, you know, politics, NGOs, organizations. And then there's the micro level, the level of the individual. Um, I believe that if everyone knew how to love themselves well, if everyone knew how to take care of themselves, there would be no acting out. There would be no, you know, searching for power, no searching for destroying those who are different, right? There would be no uh, abuse to animals, to nature, to other peoples. There would be no power games, basically, right? If people were feeling good with themselves. And that's why I started with this pasuk, which beyond the idea of saying, you know, you shall love the other as yourself, as a kind of prescriptive statement can be read as a descriptive statement, which is, you know, to the extent that you love yourself, you will be able to love others. Just that, just know that. And so this is where I kind of focus my work. Um, and it may sound, you know, rainbow and, and hippie and everything you want, but I think now, thanks to mindfulness, you know, the mindfulness people and self-compassion and Christine Neff and other people like this, I think the idea of self-love seems less hippie and more like people start to take it more seriously because we actually see the impact of lack of self-love, the impact that has in the world. And so this is where I focus my work on turning within to better turning out, outward towards people. Really, really with this belief that meditation helps us be better people and then helps us impact not just our families or our close ones, but at work, our employees, people we work with, and then our compassion with people in the street, you know, the way we uh, do tzedakah in the world, and we'll talk about tzedakah in a minute. That's where I concentrate my work most of the time. And so this idea of social justice, which is on the other end, in, in, in a way, seems to be on the other end of the spectrum, meaning coming from this place of, um, actually wanna, I actually want to share my screen with you. I want to show you a photo for a moment. Speaking about social justice, and I want to share with you guys kind of like the, the image I had, I used to have of um, social justice. Hey, give me one second, I'm looking for it. Okay, I'm not finding it right now. But basically the image I had of social justice was, you know, this image of Martin, of uh, Abraham Eschel with Martin Luther King at the march. Okay, this is the image I had of, of social justice. And I was like, whoa, this is too much, this is too big. And I can't do this. And um, I'm going to focus on just working with individuals. And actually, I realized um, not only is it not true in the sense that there are so many more options, but actually there is a real connection that I want to explore tonight with you guys. Meaning you don't have to be Martin Luther King or to be, you know, like Rav Shmuley doing amazing things at a large scale and have an amazing impact um, to actually be part of that to actually be doing social justice. And I think that's why I, uh, I kind of like entitled this talk today, this conversation, Everyday Life Social Justice, because there is something that is an invitation to bring this into our everyday lives at our own you know, scale and pace and um, according to our own possibilities. So I'm gonna be sharing a source sheet and we're gonna be exploring 
very tachless, very bottom line sources from the Torah that talk about this dimension of what it is like, what is it like, where it comes from um, to embody social justice in everyday life and to play that role. So I'm going to start sharing my screen now. Um, can everybody see my screen? You can do this if you can see my screen. Yeah? Okay. So, starting with maybe what has been called the most famous pasuk in Torah, which Rabbi Akiva calls the klal gadol, the greatest principle in Torah, which Hillel calls basically Torah on one foot. All right, starting with really the heart, really the heart of our tradition, um, which is the commandment to love ourselves, to love others as ourselves. So, and it starts with, you know, do not take vengeance, do not bear a grudge against a member of your people. That's important. I'm going to highlight that because I'm going to talk about that. So, there is one way that we could read this. We could say, okay, we have a commandment to love the other. We don't know who is the other. But maybe I have an indication in the text because it says literally the sons of your people, so your own people. Maybe I could infer from that that actually the um, invitation to love the other, who is my fellow? My fellow is a fellow Bnei Israel. Ben Israel is a Jew. I could think that. And then if we look just a little bit further in Vaikra, in the book of Leviticus, then it brings us someone else who's not Benami, who's not a Benami, who's not a son of my people. Right? When a stranger resides with you. Right? The kind of by repetition of that term, the ger, which is, you know, today we call this the convert, but literally initially it's the one who resides with you. You shall not wrong him. The stranger who resides with you shall be to you as one of your citizens. With you. And then you should love him as yourself. This is what you should do. Not, not only, you know, not wrong him, but also love him. And why? There is even the why. Because you yourself, you are strangers. You are strangers residing in a strange land. So something I, I maybe should have um, announced at the very beginning of this session, this is not about chidush. This is about coming back to the essence of our tradition, coming back to the bottom line of, you know, where it comes from, where it comes from really this... Um, responsibility that we have towards others and towards non-Jews. And um, this is where it goes back to the kind of uh, work that I'm trying to do in the, in the world as a meditation teacher, right? This idea that when we meditate, we connect to ourselves. When we connect to ourselves, we get to raise awareness. When we're more self-aware, we are less likely to act out. It's as simple as that, right? 
we're less like we're less likely to act out in you know, violence and power games and etc. Connection brings clarity, brings with wisdom, and brings compassion. And that's the, that's the link. Connection brings compassion, and when I have more compassion to myself, because we work in a way today in science, they talk a lot about this, about like the the, the notion of mirror neurons and empathy. The way really I relate to myself is just a mirror of the way I'm going to relate to anyone else. So the more I can take care of myself, the better I can take care of myself, the better I will be able to take care, to take care of others. And so when I have more compassion with myself, when I feel more connected with myself, contrarily to the idea, I think it's less um, kind of less uh, pervasive today in our society. In the 60s, people used to think that, you know, meditation was a selfish thing, kind of, you know, self-centered, disconnecting ourselves from, other, from others. And, and I think now, thanks to the kind of like all the studies that we've seen in science also showing all these uh, kind of different parts of the brain that get activated when we meditate, um, there is a better understanding that, to the contrary, meditation, taking time to sit by myself, and by the way, that's not just mindfulness, that is very much at the core of the Jewish tradition with the Bodhidut, starting with um, the Ravam, the son of Maimonides, and then Abu Lafia. And, uh, but um, it's, it's a very, very deep in our tradition, this notion that we need to take some time to self-isolate from time to time, to reflect, to contemplate, to recharge, to resource, so that we can better be present with others. So self-connection fosters outer connection, connection with others. And I think that is really, really um, just something to um, take with us, to take with us the responsibility that we have to connect with ourselves better so that we can connect with others. Because without empathy, if I can't feel something, if I see someone in the street, if I hear something very, very difficult in the news that's happening to, you know, people from another um, tribe that is not my tribe, if I don't have empathy, if I don't feel connected, then I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to feel compelled to do anything. Yesterday I was actually seeing a study, a scientific study that's been done on compassion. And uh, they've noticed that basically people tend to feel more compassion for people who are the closest to them. So member of your tribe, member of your religion, member of your, of your country. And this is a very natural thing. It's very natural. And yet I think what we do when we have a spiritual practice or when we learn Torah, uh, basically when we're trying to grow as human beings, is we try to go beyond the natural inclination to feel closer to the ones that look like me, that have the same you know, skin color, that are Ashkenaz or Sephardi, like my family was, but actually to feel, oh, this is a fellow human being. We're connected just because we are in the same planet. And maybe our lives are very different. Maybe I don't even really like you, and I want to go back to there also. Um, we, we're starting with love, but we'll see that social justice and SEDEC doesn't have to pass through love. Through, through love. It doesn't have to go uh, through feelings. Connection and a sense of responsibility doesn't have to mean I have to like you, I have to take you home with me. You know, I have to identify with you. Okay, feeling connected doesn't have to mean I identify. And I think that's key. That's really key. Because if I'm waiting to identify with you, to connect with you, 
I may have to wait a long time or my capacity to connect will be um, kind of very restricted, if that makes sense. I'm gonna pause here. I just wanna check, with, uh, Eddie, usually do you, do you take questions or do I just like continue until the end? Until the end, okay, great. So, so far we started with Ava, we started with love. Love as a commandment, which is not nothing. And uh, which actually really, in my view, speaks to the wisdom of Jewish culture, which is that if love is a commandment, it's because there may be an acknowledgement there that um, it's something to cultivate. It's a midah, it's a character trait, it's a quality that gets developed with practice because it's not necessarily spontaneous. It's an invitation to go beyond the impulse, okay? We started with love and now we're gonna go into chesed. Chesed meaning literally loving kindness. And it's a concept so wide that we need two words in English and also in French to encompass it kind of try to describe it, right? Chesed, which um, could be seen also as a way of relating, as an emotion, but then becomes more concrete. Chesed, in a way, you could call it embodied love. I think it's Heschel speaking about this march with uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, that he was saying, well, this is praying with your feet, right? And so chesed could be, could be called loving with your hands and with your feet. And there is something, again, going back to this idea of everyday life, there is something very familiar, very ordinary about our invitation uh, to embody chesed and to kind of like display uh, a behavior of chesed in everyday life. Because at the very beginning of the morning prayers, we have um, kind of a, an excerpt from the Talmud that talks to us about a few things that are particularly important. And so I'll read them. And maybe it's going to sound familiar to you. These are the things that have no measure. You can't measure. So the corners of the field and the first fruit that you are to bring to the temple. Rayon is like the, basically the, the Shalosh Regalim, the pilgrimages, and Kmilut Chasadim, and then the study of Torah, which helps you kind of like um, understand and go through this as we're, as we're doing here, realizing that it's not necessarily natural, but that it's culture in the sense that it's something that needs to be integrated and contemplated. And so I'm highlighting here acts of loving kindness because now this kind of maybe somewhat abstract concept of ava becomes more concrete. It's acts. You have to act upon it. Acts of loving kindness. And I think I always loved the fact that um, there was no specific description of what that means. And I want to pause here a moment and invite you to think of, you know, what that could mean for you, an act of loving kindness. Maybe you did one today, maybe a big one, maybe a very tiny one. Just a moment posing, you know, what are the acts of loving kindness that I do or that I did or that I could do? 
because again, social justice, the way I see it, it really starts here with me taking care of my heart and my feelings and welcoming what is and bringing more awareness and compassion. And then I'm just kind of enlarging the circles wider and wider, wider and wider and wider. So I'll give you one example, just so trivial. I have a friend, she just had a baby. So, you know, she's, a, she's kind of vulnerable. She's a bit tired. She's maybe a little bit more isolated. She's not, she's not working at the moment. And yesterday I was uh, learning with my husband and uh, we were learning a text I used to learn with her from the Piazza Tinerebe. And I was drinking chai from a cup she had offered me. So I took a picture of, the, of that, of the, of the cup and the book, and I sent it to her to say, I'm thinking of you. And, you know, I didn't have time to do this. I was busy and working a lot this week. And just, just, you know, thinking of her, thinking, you know, she's going to just like having that, having a message, just saying, I'm, just I'm thinking of you with a picture and then sending the picture. It sounds like nothing, but it's energy and it's time, it's investment. And that is just saying, you know, I'm going to give a little bit of my attention and my energy today just to send love to someone. And that is not someone who particularly needed something, right? But I, I'm, I'm sharing this anecdote with you guys because every detail comes, counts. You know, like calling a relative whom you know is a bit lonely, just that. Hi, you know, I'm walking my dog and I'm just, you know, calling you because I just want to take five minutes in my day just to call you. You know, taking food when I have too much food, taking food and, um, you know, looking for someone I can, I can give it to in the street, right? Small things. There is no measure, measure for that. Nothing too small, nothing too big. Money, a smile, an attention, a nice word making a cup of coffee and saying a compliment to your partner, you know? And then it's interesting because there's kind of like in, in the second part of the continuation of the text, there's kind of like a, um, kind of like almost form of repetition, right? We were talking about things that have no measure and then we're taking it to another dimension that the following are the things for which, you know, man enjoys the fruit in this world. And his uh, the kind of like foundation will uh, exist, continue in the world to come. And this is Kibud Avvaem, honoring your parents. And again, Gmilut Chasadim. Right? So the categories are different. Avat Shalom Ben Adam making peace between a person and his friend, which I love also, that is being quoted in our morning prayers as one of our responsibilities you know, facilitating peace between people. And here again, it's ben adam human being to human being. And again, Talmud Torah. So basically, we're, we have two things that are coming back here. And it's Talmud Torah and Gmilut Chasadim. Now, again, thinking again of the categories of people to whom we want to extend this kind of chesed, this loving kindness. Recently, not so long ago, it feels like ages ago, but uh, actually was it wasn't so long ago, you know, we were celebrating Sukkot, right? And so the Kiddush of Sukkot, at some point we say something from the book of Dvarim and Deuteronomy. So you will do for yourself, Chag Sukkah, Chag Sukkah. And you should rejoice. 
faire le vinaigre. So the beginning looks very much like the Kiddush of Shabbat. But then we bring the Levi and we bring the girl. We bring the stranger. And also the orphan and the, and the widow. So all these categories are categories of people, especially in the end, that are more vulnerable. But it's also always says, you know, anyone who lives next to you is included, has to be included. And I think this is kind of like um, our playground, if you will. And I'm saying playground because it doesn't have to be so serious also. It doesn't have to be so serious, you know. But anybody who is like around you and around you, it's not necessarily people who are like you or your community. Um, you may live with next to very, very different types of population. But when you rejoice, you will invite them to rejoice with you. And this idea that really, um, as Jews, we feel concern. We feel actually um, we're not indifferent. We feel that we are part of a bigger um, kind of um, field of humanity. And I think that's the beautiful line that we've been walking, which is feeling connected without losing our identity. I don't need to forget that I'm Jewish in order to be with others and to extend my hand and to, you know, work with them. And I don't have to deny my Jewishness. I don't have to, you know, um, and, and including, I know that, for instance, it, in Israel, as you may know, um, something about social justice tends to have become quite polarized. polarized. Um, and that a lot of my friends who are really working towards peace between Israelis and Palestinians, between Jews and Arabs and Christian, um, are maybe generally less religious than I am, less halachically observant. And I go there with who I am, not in spite of who I am. I, I hate frames, I'm just gonna say I don't like frames. But before, like in reality, you know, I keep Shabbat, I kosher, and you know, I, I, this is the framework of, of my life, um, orthodox, if you will, um, with the, the rebellion that is mine. But uh, um, it's not just that I come, I don't come in spite of that, I come because of that. And I think it's also, you know, my way of um, contributing as a Jew. So, you know, Eddie mentioned, uh, I haven't been active. I have to, conf to confess, I really haven't been active with Roots because that was the year of postdoc, marriage, rabbinic studies, et cetera. But I am committed and this is, it's, it's, it's in process right now. So Roots is an organization in Israel um, that really works towards people-to-people -people peace, like horizontal uh, peace. Coming from like this standpoint, uh, this, this idea that... Uh, it's not the land that belongs to people, it's the people who belong to the land. And so as people who collectively belong to the land, we haven't chosen to live next to each other, but we are. So we might as well respect each other and live peacefully. So it's like really very pragmatic, beyond ideologies in a way, beyond you know, who it belongs to, because it's we belong, we belong. And so let's just respect each other's feeling of belonging and work together. Thank you, I'm just looking at the uh, chat. Thank you. Oops, sorry, <laughs> going back, going back. So 
yeah, I think uh, I think it's it's it, especially at a time where politics gets mixed up a lot with um, ethics and with religion, and fortunately, a lot of religion today is like in politics in many many places in the world are kind of moving towards like more fundamentalist exclusionist um, towards the place of disconnection basically, and I think we as Jews and wherever you stand halakhically, really wherever you stand but you can be a force for the greater good, which is really social justice, tzedek in the world, as who you are, as who you are, wherever you're, you're coming from. One thing I meant to say also in the beginning when we opened is that it was actually moving to me to, to be doing this session with you today, because today is election day, yet again in Israel. And so it really is a time where you know, we get to, to do another act, and to choose the society we want to live in. But again, that being said, I believe more in taking responsibility for myself, for my life, and you know, making my choices and, um, and doing my actions. So uh, just checking the chat again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I forgot. Without stopping the sharing and Okay, I got it. Okay, so I brought I brought this source of the Rambam because Rambam goes even further, you know, about this source that tells us um, in Dvarim how you know what it how we should rejoice in Sukkot. The Rambam goes further in his Mishneh Torah. He's saying, look at this. Okay, when you eat and drink for yourself, and that means in general, in general when you're doing a festive meal, okay, when you're celebrating, you have um, it's an obligation okay? and he, interestingly enough he starts with a stranger um, and he says but someone who locks the door of his home eating and drinking you know, with his family and his children etc and doesn't give to others he's not participating in the joy of God of God's commandment that's quite strong a statement right What is called simchat mitzvah, ele simchat kriso. He is like um, doing the joy of his own, you know, belly, uh, basically. Okay, and so then he continues and saying this this type of joy does, doesn't doesn't mean much. And I just want to add that we don't need to take it as like a kind of guilt trip. That's important to me because I think guilt doesn't help. But the beauty of it, and I'm sure you've all experienced it in your life, is that giving makes us happy. That's the best part of it, is that giving makes us happy. And again, there have been a lot of uh, um, scientific studies that have been done about this, about happiness. And one of the key ingredients of happiness is giving. I remember, and not just because, you know, you feel good about yourself or because it's empowering. It's because generally there is something that happens in your heart when you take something from yourself and give it to someone else, that just makes you just um, grow and glow and open your heart. And I think this is something, you know, we feel if we give food to a child or to a pet or to an animal or to a friend, this is why people love hosting friends, right? There is so much joy. It's this image of, you know, the fire, that when fire is being transmitted, 
bio is like kind of like the only almost natural resources that doesn't get diminished when it's being shared. It only grows. And this really is what happens with, uh, with giving. And I remember when I was much, 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 much younger and I was studying a little bit of philosophy in high school, but I always remembered this, that there was this whole discussion on charity. At the time, charity in the language of the philosophers of the Enlightenment, because they were really trying to, to find like this kind of like, you know, the um, egoless giving, okay? And so all the philosophers were debating, can you really give in a way that's egoless because you know that you're going to get married and you know you hope you're going to get literally like concrete merits right sometimes and I think it's Kant who was saying but you know without interest there is no interest and I'm saying this because this is an invitation to explore this even more the joy of giving and there is nothing to be guilty about it in a way the joy of giving and I think you all know this you know, you all know, thank God you all know this, you, you've all experienced, nothing is more empowering than giving. And when you feel, you, when you're at times where you feel tight economically, or that you feel tight in your heart because you're sad, give. Like sometimes paradoxically, the times where we feel the less capable of giving, either for reasons that are psychological or sentiment or emotional or um, um, material, this is when giving um, is even more helpful to us, you know? And I want to jump right back there. Uh, we'll come back here, but to the last source I wanted to, to share with you, which is from another Mishnah from the Pirkei Avot. Again, this very, very, very famous statement by Hillel. If there's nothing for me, who will be for me? And if I'm just for me, what am I? Right, noting this kind of notion that, like, what, what am I? Am I even human? And if not now, then when? This uh, notion that, again, coming back to the connection between the micro meditation and the macro social justice, or actually the acting in the world, how intimately connected they are, which is, I need to be from, I need to take care of myself. That's my responsibility actually i have to start there but then i can't stay there i can't stay there so i have to not be just for myself i have to give and you see that the verse that is right before that comes right before which is not always um not always uh kind of um they're not always presented together what does he say before he says you know be of the disciples of Aaron, Talmidei Shel Aaron, Rohev Shalom, Rodef Shalom, love peace and um, pursue peace. Rohev Tabriot, love the creators. And again, coming back to this notion of love and loving everyone and then drawing them back to Torah. Maybe because Torah, as we're doing now, helps us understand, elaborate, contemplate, uh, give us inspiration, Oh, am I sharing the wrong page? Are you guys not on my source sheet? Because I just received something in the chat. Can you guys see my, my source sheet? Can you do this if you see it? Yeah, okay, good. Okay. Sorry, I got a message. It's um, the wrong source sheet, I think, Mira. Uh, I don't think it's the correct source sheet. Okay, do you see Bereshit in front of you? Bereshit 6-9? 
It's it says it's about Kiddush. No, no, that's not the right one. Okay, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So we're gonna do that again. Apologies. Thank you, Judah. Thank you. Um Ine. Voila. Here. You have the right one. Thank you, Judah. Sorry, friends. Yeah, that was a previous teaching today. <laughs> so now we started with Ahava. We have just about three minutes left before we uh, we open space for, for questions and reflections. We started with Ahava and we moved towards Chesed. And now I want to say a word on, on Sedek. Chesed, as you may know, is really, really um, known as the quality, as the Midah of Avram. Avram, we've kind of opened, you know, his life story. And last this week we're opening with Lech Lecha, actually. I'm, I'm, I mean it. And if you remember, Avram is the one who really, when God wants to destroy Sodom and Amorah, which are not of, you know, they're the other, if you will, of Avram in terms of values and etc. What is he doing? He's trying to defend them, right? He's standing He's standing before Hashem, comes forward, okay, this is very important, will you sweep away the innocent, tzaddik im rasha? Are you going to destroy the tzaddik with the rasha? And before Avram, Avram is the first patriarch, but before Avram we had Noah, and Noah is more the Brit, the divine that God did with all of humanity. And Noach is called Ish Tzadik. It's called a righteous person, right? And Abraham makes a step further by embodying Chesed, okay? And I think that's where I want to close today is that um, you don't have to feel love. You don't have to embody the Chesed of Abraham, even if it's beautiful and great. And I hope you do because it really makes us happy to embody Chesed, this kind of notion of like flow, openness, you don't have to, you know, step up and defend Domina Mora or going on protests, you know. Just going back to what I was saying at the beginning, everyday social justice is also doing things um, at our own measure. What am I capable of? What, am, what is my personality? What is my own scale? Maybe I'm not someone who's going to, you know, go in front of marches and etc. Thank God there are people who do it, you know, maybe I'm that one, but maybe I'm not. So finding yourself and finding what you feel moved by, finding what you feel like doing, finding what um, makes you happy. You know, does it make you happy to go in a hospital and see kids who are sick? Does it make you happy to, to go and give a soup to people who are, you know? Um, you don't have to be a chassid, but being a tzaddik, being a tzaddik, tzaddik, is kind of like our own mutual bottom line, minimal responsibility as human beings. And this is why it starts with Noah, as humanity, and this is why we don't stop at Noah. This is why we become the descendants of Abraham, because there is something more that is possible. But the notion of tzedakah, right? The notion of tzedakah isn't charity. Charity, in kind of like Western terms, is chesed, in a way. But tzedakah is just doing justice. The world is unfair. We can see inequality right all over. And so when I'm giving money, no matter how much I have, if I'm giving part of what I have, my money, my time, my energy, my care, I'm not even being a chassid. I'm just kind of like helping 
an established imbalance in the world. I'm just doing what's right. I'm just doing, you know, um, my um, part as a human being. So friends, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop here. Um, I'm gonna stop Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much. It's so great Thank to you. learn with you. I, I'd love to jump in with the first question, if I may. Um, Please. You know, you touched on um, in the beginning around self-love, and I really appreciate that point and rooting social justice in a deep spiritual place. And I guess the self is so complicated and has so many different layers. What dimension of self do you think we should love? What, what aspect of being should one mm. seek to love about this thing we call self? Thank you. It's not, a, it's not an easy one. Um, I think what comes to mind when you're asking this question is maybe the one you love the less, the least. Like, you know, we all have parts of ourselves that we're proud of and that we like, and then these parts that we wish we could put under the carpet, right? And I think sometimes we think um, we should love ourselves if we are intelligent or pretty or successful or, you know. And then if we're not, um, then we're not going to love ourselves and we're going to criticize ourselves and we're going to go to, um, 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 uh, how do you call it, like... Um, to get surgery and have a, a nose job or something. I think there's a lot of conditioning in society that you can love yourself, you can be okay if you're successful and rich and this and that and this and that and have kids and, and, and a home and, and a car and whatever. And then if you don't, then, you know, and it's partly conditioning from society, partly also sometimes conditioning from our parents who did our best. But sometimes, you know, there was this idea that if you do what mommy or daddy wants, you know, you're going to be loved. And if you don't, you're going to be less loved. And we've kind of internalized that. And I think the parts of ourselves that we should love are the parts that we tend to neglect, um, reject, uh, feel ashamed of. Um, and I think if we can bring tikkun to our own um, world, um, connect with ourselves for real, be one with ourselves again, um, then we can come to the world with this kind of healthy ego that's basically what it is, the healthy ego. You know, I think it's Rab Simcha Bunim of Psicha, which I can never pronounce the name of the city, who is saying that he was always walking with two slips of paper in his pocket. One saying, I'm nothing but uh, dust and ashes, which is true, and I'm going to, you know. And one saying, the whole world was created for my sake. I'm nothing. I'm flesh. I'm going to be dead in a few decades, you know. And then the other one, but I am just like, I have a spark of God in me. I'm, you know, God is breathing through me. And um, the love I owe myself has nothing to do with the brains I have or the physical appearance I have or don't have or, you know. Um, it, should, um, it should be given this part of the self, just the fact that I am. Just the fact that I am and that um, if I am, it's because God wanted me to be here and this Nishama belongs. I don't know if that answers your question. Beautiful, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Friends, we open up the question part of our program today. Please unmute yourself if you wish to ask a question here. I'm also monitoring the Facebook, so go ahead. Yes, Judah, please go ahead and unmute yourself. Hi. Uh, thank you, everybody. Thank you, Mira. When you were telling that story about uh, the teacup, 
um, that you sent your friend or took the picture of the of the company and sent your friend. Yeah. And that reminded me of, uh, you know, Rabbi Salanter. Uh, one of his great teachings to me is, if you have $1,000 to give to charity, better to give it $1 at a time than $1,000 to one, one cause. And this is like that little thing you did to your friend. That's, you know, that's what we can do. And it's also at the end of your talk, going into social justice, what, what can we do? We can do the small thing. We don't have to conquer the world. We don't have to, you know, do whatever we can do what we can do. And it's like exercising a muscle, whether it's for uh, Tadaka or whether, you know, it's Chesed. These are all things that the more we do, uh, the better the world is and the better for us. So yeah. thank you for your talk, Mira. Thank you, Judah, thank you. Small things, small steps. Yeah, a little bit every day. And I believe that's why it's in the morning prayers because it's a reminder that it's a daily thing. It's a daily thing. And being daily, it also means wherever you're at, whatever you have. And that's the beauty and that's my message to everyone. Nobody is too poor not to give Zdeka. Everybody has like, you know, 20 cents extra to give. And I think that's the most beautiful and empowering um, lesson to remember we all have something to give and if we don't have money we have time to give and energy to give and care to give and smiles to give and you know yeah and again not just not because we're like so righteous it's because like it makes us happy like you know it makes us all of us what makes you know when I give it makes me happy and it makes you happy it's so it's the most beautiful thing like we make each other happy and the more we feel connected the more um yeah, I think just before we take another question, I think I just want to share something very personal with you guys. Um, you know, to me, the bottom line of, of, of tzedek, social justice, as I said at the beginning, boils down to this question of connection. Are we being connected to ourselves and to others? The second we feel disconnected, that's where, you know, racism and, and abuse and everything, you know, comes into place with the consequences and huge scales that we can see. And I grew up with a family where, in a family where there was a lot of uh, pain and disconnection, actually a lot of disconnection. And my father was very old and he was an old, he was born in 21. He was an old Romanian guy. He was very racist. He was very angry. He was so disconnected and he lived in pain. He lived in pain. And I'm sharing this with you guys because, you know, this is, I've seen what it does to a human being to be passive with that, to not actively work, to to fix that. He died now 20 years ago this year. And a lot of my spiritual life has been about connecting, learning to connect to myself and to others, really. As a human, as a, as a Jew in the world. Yeah. And I think a lot of people keep, either Jews or non-Jew, want to kind of like keep drawing the line between Jews and non-Jews, keep, you know, affirming a separation. And uh, I think a, one of the biggest mistakes is to say either you're going to have to um, um, dilute among the others and disappear as a Jew so that, you know, you can be with them, or uh, you're going to have to stay, you know, fenced and stuff. And, hey, no, <laughs> you know, and that's the beauty. We all have to contribute as we are. And actually, we can contribute better if we're coming from our, from our own seat. 
like claiming our own tradition. And I wish the same for, you know, my friends who are Japanese and Hindu and, you know, wherever you're coming from, like, give me the beauty of your culture. Like, talk to me from there. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. I have a, a question too. How do we um, balance with uh, us really diving into social justice? Sometimes it can feel overwhelming when we're really in deep into advocating for social justice when so many things are happening. How do you balance not getting burnt out and not getting extremely overwhelmed? Yeah. You mean by everything there is and all the opportunities and all the pressure? I'll be very honest with you. Um, I mean, I'll say personally, uh, one of the reasons I left Paris, and also I lived a few years in New York and I left also for many reasons, but I think one of them is poverty um, everywhere that made me on a daily basis in the street, like I kind of had to kind of like close my heart to protect myself. And it was too hard for me. It was too hard for me. And um, I think we all have to know what our limits are and to protect ourselves. And protecting ourselves doesn't mean closing off from the world. Um, but maybe choosing an environment and a level of stimulation that is bearable so that we don't feel overwhelmed because falling into overwhelm doesn't help anyone. And I think I help the world better from where I am here. Maybe for someone else, being in Israel would have been too much and overwhelming and overstimulating and just des desperating with the situation you know, between Israelis and Palestinians. For me, it's not. Um, so I think that's it. It's like, again, no, it always goes back to the same thing, knowing ourselves, taking care of ourselves um, in a way that enables us to keep showing up and not to go into like burnout or sh shutting down. And uh, I also want to invite our friends who are here, like if they want to put their cameras on. It's always delightful to see your faces, if that's possible. Sorry. Rabbi, Rabbi, um, I, I know you're immersed in Israel now, but how do you think about the pressing social justice issues of France today in regards to, in, in France today, how do you think about what some of the most pressing social justice issues are, are there in Paris and beyond? I think it's it's really the some of them are very similar to what's going on in the states and in Israel. It's really the kind of rays of inequalities, uh, you know, poverty, um, uh, racism, um, homophobia, um, the way we treat animals. I think it's a huge thing, and I think in France there are a lot of discussions right now. Like, cause I think the European Union was trying to like. Um, uh, did did I think that yeah yeah they did like there was a law that was trying to like forbid huge these huge boats were like destroying the oceans um, to to forbid them to, to, and and I think there is a fight at the moment so I think it's really um, I actually think our issues are very connected they're very connected because that's globalization also they're very connected and. Um, I think you don't even have to live in, in, in the country you're coming from to, to be able to do something and to, to feel concerned and to do something about it. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. This has been such a rich session. Thank you so much for sharing your neshama with us and, uh, and your, your music and your, and your Torah. And we look forward to continuing to learn with you. And um, uh, without saying anything partisan, just hope things go well in Israel today with elections and uh, for justice and for um, 
uh, for order and for the well-being of all of all people and beings. Amen. Thank you, Rabbi Mira, and thank you all for joining us. And we look forward to continue uh, learning with you. We've got a number of sessions coming up in the next few weeks. We hope you'll keep joining us. Have a great Thanks day. So Have a great night. Me. Bye. Bye-bye.